What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn. I am joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am fucking fantastic. Sorry to curse at the very beginning, but nice. what a week in wrestling it's been. It's my birthday week. It's just been great. Oh, I forgot. Was that yesterday or today? It was Wednesday. Yeah, okay, that was or yesterday. Tuesday, sorry, Tuesday. Yeah, two days ago, that was mm-hmm. good. You had a better birthday than Carrying Cross. <laughs> yeah, I sure did. You did not get buried on your birthday. <laughs> no, I did which not. Is, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we had, this is one of the best weeks to, this is one of the best weeks as a wrestling fan I've ever had. Yeah, me too. This is insane, the amount of shit that's happened across all promotions. It's been wild, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to make a comparison. Oh, yeah. I was telling you right before we started recording that this week reminds me of the year 2017 in wrestling. It's my absolute favorite year of wrestling. And just the excitement around everything and all the companies firing on all cylinders. It's That's what's happening right now. Just it's It's great. I'm loving it. I'm glad it's, I don't know. It's just, it's a good time to be a wrestling fan. I'm jazzed. Yeah, man, it is insane. So we're, we're not going to talk about everything that's happened this week, but I'm just going to go through these bullet points. Yeah. An hour long news segment. And then afterwards, I'm going to say, which of these do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what a week of wrestling we had. We had, we have AW back up over a million. That was last week. This week, they're back up over a million again. We had Jay White appearing at Impact. Um, I don't know if it's aired tonight, but it's been all over Twitter, so I assume this is okay. By the time that people listen to this, it'll have happened already. Chris Bay has joined Bullet Club. He has joined Jay White with the Bullet Club. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's a really good get for them. Yeah. We had WWE bringing back John Cena and Bill Goldberg. I've never been a huge fan of John Cena's character, but that's still awesome for WWE. Bill yeah. Goldberg, not so much. Yeah, Goldberg's uh, whatever, but Cena being back, it's cool. It's it's like he's like the guy in WWE, so it's kind of like kind of gives you those warm fuzzies. And the the pop he got when he came out was insane. One of the loudest pops I've ever heard. Totally. The yeah, the thing with Cena is that. He's not for me, but he has, there's a, there's an energy to him. Mm-hmm. Like you think of John Cena and you think of WWE in a really high period mm-hmm. uh, for their company. And that just, there's a lot of energy attached to that. And that energy left when he left and they haven't had anyone like him since. Yeah. Roman's almost there. He's kind of there. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a, obviously a bad guy now, but it, he's getting there. He's getting mm-hmm. to where they want him to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, then we have Vince squashing the NXT champion in two minutes on his birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, kid. And uh, there you go. There you go, Triple H, take that. Um, (laughs) Then we have Shug D botching the trial of the century, leading to the acquittal of Faye Jackson (laughs) and the trial of Faye Jackson last night. That was a shoo-in, and she walked off scot-free. We had... Sean Rossap reporting that CM Punk is in serious negotiations with AEW. Um, 
he did his due due diligence. He contacted uh, Tony Khan. He didn't get any confirmation back, um, but he was told by other people in the organization, I believe that, uh, or people that are close to him said that because he want he wanted to know if he get blackballed if he revealed that information, and they said Tony Kong doesn't do business like that, which is pretty much a confirmation. Because mm-hmm. if it wasn't true, they probably would have said no. There's nothing to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. By them not saying anything, they're saying something. And he had also said that, um, just like minutes before he was about to uh, post that tweet, he got six different messages from people unsolicited, all asking about it, including I think it's Brad McCarthy, a- another one of the major. Uh, reporters in the uh, in wrestling that often breaks news and he messaged him unsolicited asking if he'd heard the same thing Hmm. so that sounds good also CM Punk has he put out on his Instagram um, the song The Last Dance which is the song that the Chicago Bulls Mm -hmm. uh, used to play before at the beginning of all of their games that was their walkout music and also the name of michael jordan's documentary documentary yeah um so that is that could be trolling but also cm punk is always very very quick to squash rumors that mm-hmm. he's coming to AEW. he's immediately said no guys that's not happening i'm, yeah. not, I'm not coming this time he put out that song yeah and apparently i saw a tweet i can't confirm this but uh AEW um, trademarked the first dance, <laughs> like the phrase "the first dance." Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh Jesus, yeah, <laughs> it's all adding up here. Yeah, and their biggest pay per view of the year is in his hometown, it's, so it's in Chicago. They're yeah. just about to head to Chicago for the next thing, and yeah, uh, Sean Ross Sapp said he's hearing it's. Very, very serious. Mm-hmm. Far more serious than it ever has been before. And more news was brought out today, again by Sean Rossap, saying that uh, Ring of Honor uh, contacted him in 2020, and they had talks, and he essentially told them, it's not about the money, it's about creative. And then it didn't happen, obviously. So obviously he didn't like mm-hmm. the creative that he saw there, whereas now he's looking at AEW, and he's looking at all these fulfilled all-stars mm-hmm. yeah um they're going there he's like okay yeah i could do it and and if we thought that was big later on in the same day we get word from this was body slam that reported this that brian danielson has signed with aw and is tentatively set to debut in new york city at arthur ash stadium sean ross has gone out and once again, tried to confirm this, but obviously he's not going to get that confirmation because they're not going to reveal that confirmation until he debuts. So mm-hmm. they're not going to say, we're not going to know for sure. So it's going to be classified as a rumor until that time. Like until that graphic comes up, it's not official. Yeah. Even if he has signed the mm-hmm. the contract. Um, but by... He said, by all indications, that does appear to be the case because the guy reporting it, I I don't know his first name, but his last name is Cassidy. He works for Body Slam. He said he has a lot of connections in AEW, and he told him about 15 minutes before Nick Gage came out 
that Nick Gage is in the building. So this no. this guy this guy knows his shit. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. Yeah, and super exciting. Ringside, uh, Ringside News. Who I know they've posted some stuff that hasn't turned out to be true in the past, but they have a better track record lately. Have said that CM Punk is in the same position, mm-hmm. that he's all but signed and just has to uh, just has to meet them in person to sign the contract. So that's coming from another site. So we'll we will see. And they were one of the ones that put up their own graphic last night of saying that CM Punk is signed. So they they're a little more confident mm-hmm. in reporting. I guess maybe trying to get the scoop. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, they're a little more aggressive. Then we have today, like if as like if this wasn't enough, then we yeah. have today. Thunder Rosa has signed with AEW officially on her birthday. So yeah. different, a different way of uh, treating uh, your your wrestlers on their birthday is uh, mm-hmm. they gave her a nice contract. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, apparently, I saw online that Tony Khan might have bought out her NWA contract, which is cool. I like to oh, hear that. That's cool. Yeah. They... So she didn't have to get released. They just mm-hmm. bought it out. Which I was always wondering why they didn't do that before. Maybe she was willing to give them a shot and then didn't like where it was going and told them, yeah. Anyways, that's all speculation, so I don't want to do that. But holy shit, is there anything here that you want to talk about a bit more? Uh, I mean, you pretty much said everything about the Punk and Danielson signings. The Faye Jackson trial was uh, funny. I was sad I slept through it, but I've kept up with it all day today. It seemed like a good time. I highly recommend I retweeted Fightful did a a breakdown of how it happened. Sean Rossap was in there. I was in there under our uh, our Twitter account. There's 650 people in there. <laughs> um, and when I looked at the people that were in it, like the first, it looked like 100 people in it were all blue checkmark wrestlers. Yeah. From all across like the indies. Uh, major people xavier woods was in there drake maverick was in there delo brown was in there delo spoke um afterwards just saying how cool this was because it was just fun Mm -hmm. um big swole was the prosecutor (laughs) Um, aj gray was the bailiff (laughs) tasha steels was the judge Mm -hmm. it was good shit Mm -hmm. uh suge d pineapple pete although I think we probably shouldn't call him Pineapple Pete. Let's call him Shug D. That's the name he goes by. Yeah. Um, he was the uh, he was the prosecutor. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome. It was very fun. I yeah. had a. It meant that I didn't do any notes for the show last night, so I had to get up <laughs> earlier today to do it because I was in that laughing my ass off. Mm-hmm. It's very fun time. Yeah. Um, if you didn't hear about the trial of Faye Jackson then you need to follow different people on Twitter. Yeah. That was the best tweet I saw last night that were like, if you don't know what's going on, start following better people. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was all over my Twitter last night. I was like, I got to get in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know how to get into um, spaces, but I clicked on something that popped up on, on an alert that popped up on my phone. I was like, oh, I'm going in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, All it's right. just uh, been a fun week for wrestling and wrestling it's fans. It's exciting, man. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the 
the Punk and Danielson stuff, this is like the Outsiders, Hall and Nash joining WCW. This mm-hmm. is that big. Yeah. And that was that was the turning point. Mm-hmm. The momentum tipped even further once... Uh, actually, well, Hogan was already there, but... He was already there, but he hadn't joined the NWO yet. When he did the leg drop, that was mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. They that and that's what got me into WCW. I knew about them because, like, yeah, I knew about WCW, but I was a young kid and I didn't really have an idea of when shows came on. Yeah, so I would just catch it whenever it was on TV. And I remember seeing when the NWO they drop drop the leg on Savage, and then they uh they walked up to the announce booth and spray painted what was it on the back of Bobby Heenan. I don't they, even remember. They spray painted NWO on the back <laughs> of one of the uh, announcers, and to me, that was the most shocking thing I'd ever seen. Like, I was terrified. I was like, yeah. "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen yeah. in my life." Yeah, those early days of NWOs, I was like, "Is this real now?" Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I had never seen somebody. I mean, people had touched announcers before, but I'd never really seen it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was just in love with it. And for whatever reason, it just WCW looked brighter as well. Like when you watched uh, WWE, it looked darker and grimier. Mm-hmm. So that the brightness, I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> that was the turning point for me. And I, I was all WCW from then on. Yeah. And that's what this feels like, man. This is cool. Yeah, this is really cool. And it's exciting. And it's uh, only up from here, I say. Yeah, man, they they went up by another hundred k in their ratings this week, mm-hmm. off of last week, and I'm sure the, uh, I gotta make sure I say Brian Danielson. I was listening to Sean Ross Sapp all day yesterday, uh, make the mistake of saying Daniel Bryanson <laughs> all day, and now mm-hmm. I'm saying it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and whenever they show up, it's probably gonna make the ratings even higher. And Jr. is fucked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> try to say he's gonna say Daniel Bryan every single time he's out. Yeah, because he still calls Hager Swagger. So, <laughs> oh, for sure, called Doc Gallows, um, Luke um, Gallows. He called him his WWE name. Yeah, Luke uh, Gallows. Was or, it Gallows? Well, when he, his second run, I forget his original name. It was Luke something, but when he came back, he was Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows. That's that's mm-hmm. what he called him. He called him Luke Gallows. Um, yeah. Last time. Anyways, let's get into this episode. It was it, it's funny. It, this episode, I believe, for me, was largely buoyed by the news. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good episode, but it wasn't like the most stellar thing I've seen them produce. Like yeah. when, like when I was going back and looking at these matches, I was just like, "This match was good. This match was okay. This match was good. This match was okay." Yeah. And then the the main event blew my socks like. Yeah, that match was... I haven't seen those socks since. Um, like, they are long gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, fully off. I, I can no longer wear socks. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it starts with Jericho versus Spears in the... Sean Spears can use a chair. Jericho can't. Personally, I thought this match was good. Not great. But I think that's largely to be expected from these two guys. Yeah. Jericho being older he looked older in this match it's funny jericho seems to fluctuate with his body yeah 
It's weird. I don't know. It's like he cuts weight and then he puts it back on and then cuts mm-hmm. it and put it back. And we forget he's in his fifties. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I do that, and I'm in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gonna say, yeah. If I look at a pastry, then I've gained five pounds. So yeah. I understand. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, like Jericho, he kind of looked his age, but that's okay. I think at this point, like we watched Flair go through it, we've watched all these aging mm-hmm. guys go through it. I think that's almost part of the appeal. Yeah, is like he used that in the storyline, is that these guys are older and aging, and mm-hmm. it's harder for them. And then if you work that into the storyline, it works. And Spears, as competent as he is, he's just he's just a little boring. It's just it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of been the knock on him his whole career. And I think his earlier represent, uh, refutation kind of tarnishes him a little bit in that sense. Yeah. You're never going to get up for Spears mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so they neither of them have the highest work rate possible, but like they were good and it was a well-constructed match, like with the, the placement of the weapons, the spots where they like wedged the chairs in was all really mm-hmm. smartly done. Um, I thought they worked the crowd really, really well. Jericho was doing a fantastic job working the crowd. It was hot for this yeah. match. Probably one of the hotter matches for the crowd. Yeah, they um, were into it. Which was good. I thought that um I thought that we could see a few more near misses of chairs near Jericho's head. Mm-hmm. I thought they could build build up that drama a little bit more, but is what it is. I thought the ending was by far the most exciting part of the match. Um, and this uh, Jericho getting the the walls of Jericho on Sean Spears, and then Tully hopping up on the apron, and Guevara coming down, pulling Tully down, and chasing him off. I wanted him to hit Tully, but we weren't so lucky. Yeah. Um, and then while, uh, while that was happening... Um, Spears was able to grab a chair, hit Jericho in the head. Um, and then in the end, this ended, I just can't really remember how it happened, but Jericho ended up hitting him with the, uh, with the Judas effect. Yeah. To, he uh, had picked Jericho up for his, uh, what does he call his death Valley driver? The C4? C4. Yeah. With the chair on Jericho's back. Yes. Jericho wiggled out of it and then pushed Spears into a chair they had set up in the corner. Oh, okay. Beforehand. Yeah. And then when he bounced off that, hit him with the Judas effect. Yeah, that's sort of what I meant about like they positioned the chairs all really well so that mm-hmm. they were all in the right spot. It was it was a well constructed match. It just, mm-hmm. just the work rate that we expect from the opening match yeah. wasn't necessarily there. The drama was there, but not the work rate. Um again, so the match was okay, but then after the match, however, oh this and- is what jazzed me up for the rest of the night like this put me over the edge at the very beginning it it didn't matter at this (laughs) point um so mjf comes out he says congratulations you passed your first trial um the second trial of jericho um will be a hardcore match and it will be with the most sadistic twisted and criminal and criminal individual that's ever been in a professional wrestling ring a man who once stabbed a man that stabbed his opponent in the jugular, a man that has robbed a bank without a mask. And I was like, oh Yeah, I was like, God. Are they doing it? Holy shit, they're doing it. I was like, No way. And then Nick fucking Gage comes yeah. out. MDK and, all day, baby. And Nick Gage comes out. He comes out with 
his own AEW music, his mm-hmm. own AEW uh, video on the screen. Excalibur gives the call of MDK all day from yeah. the announce booth. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, the crowd goes nuts. I like that he's still wearing his GCW shirt because he's always got a rep where he's from. Absolutely. And yeah, we got... He had a pizza cutter with him. <laughs> he had a pizza cutter with him. He was pointing at Jericho saying, you're fucking dead. Yeah, Jericho's face. Jericho really sold it too, which was good. He Jericho looked like he crapped his pants, Oh, which was I awesome. love this. Because I remember when they were first, before we'd ever had an AEW match, and they were in Jericho, like he was having people onto his podcast, and they were talking about what they were planning to do with AEW, and he was talking about Joey Janela. So, and he would say, like, Joey Janela, he's a star. He's done some really cool stuff on the indies. I could do a really good, good match with him. I won't be doing any of that crazy stuff, but I could work a good match with him. And now he's facing yeah. Nick Gage. Yeah. The, the, like the ruler of deathmatch wrestling in the United States. I think you probably should have faced Joey Janela. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, Oh my God. It's so cool. I never thought that I would see the day. I know it was surreal. seeing Nick Gage on cable television. <laughs> Like, I never thought I'd see it. But here's the thing. Like, a year ago, when um, when they were doing uh, the ladder match that um, Brian Cage came in, mm-hmm. there were rumors that it was supposed to be Nick Gage. I remember hearing those. For, for that spot. But he broke his leg at GCW, mm-hmm. so he couldn't make that appearance. So he could have been here a long time ago. Yeah. Thank God they got in front of fans. Yeah, that, yeah. I wonder, because he cusses a lot, so I wonder if they'll just bleep him, or like, if he's on a time delay, or... Uh, he doesn't give a fuck. He's going to do what he wants. I know, I know he doesn't, but I mean, we saw him skirting the rules when we get to the main event. Archer was, uh, Suzuki-Goon Archer again. He was flipping off, well, we'll get to that, but he was he was cussing and stuff on camera, so it was pretty funny. They seem to not care as much now that fans mm-hmm. are back and now that they're getting the momentum they're yeah. not bleeping the fans anymore yeah they're not uh they're allowing them to throw up middle fingers mm-hmm. they're like and nick gage isn't gonna give a fuck mm-hmm. this is gonna be awesome <laughs> and i i got a quote from a tweet this is from oh yeah Tiger i was gonna Driver. bring this up i'm glad you put it in the notes because this, this is, is so perfect i don't know if people have seen the tom customs uh twitter account He's basically he's a graphic designer and he makes like batshit crazy um, fantasy cards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he got me that one time because I sent it to you. I didn't even realize it was him. They look real and he has it done with like real promotions and people go absolutely crazy. But always somewhere in small print on there, it'll say like not really happening mm-hmm. or for tickets for tickets, go to www fake event.com mm-hmm. or something like that like he he puts it in there but uh tiger driver put out the tweet that said you can take the next month off tom customs ain't nothing you make gonna be crazier than this yeah and it was jericho versus and it's jericho uh, in the fucking clown pain makeup, yeah. makeup against nick cage <laughs> yeah like when we get to that segment later oh man i laughed pretty hard when the pain maker re-debuted i think everybody did man. <laughs> like from this point and then right around this time i looked uh in the facebook group that we're on and somebody was posting this was it was around right now when somebody posted that uh daniel bryanson has signed with the report that he's signed with AEW, and i was like oh my god 
<laughs> I, I just, I think I tweeted, AW's given me the vapors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, it's getting hot. <laughs> yeah. After this night, um, Steve from uh, Going in Raw podcast said that uh, this is like AEW's version of the Raw after Mania. Like when WWE usually changes up all their storylines and debuts everyone. That's what yep. this was like. But I got to point out, you just said uh, Daniel Bryanson. Did uh, I? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this. I swear to God, I'm not trying to steal Sean Ross Sapp's <laughs> bit, but yeah. now he has me doing it. He's brainwashed you. Damn it. Oh my God. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. It, they literally just flipped his name flipped his around. Yeah. Like, of course this is going to happen to us. Mm-hmm. I can only go one direction. I can't go backwards. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I, fucked. I, I've, I'm fucked. I've caught myself almost saying it a couple times too. Oh God. It, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to get back to calling him uh daniels brian danielson it sounds better mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> um Bryanson sounds better than danielson mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god okay so the next segment the next segment is interesting because there's some intrigue here that might fly under the radar um so next we have miro announcing his next title defense and he says that there may have been champions before Miro, but there's none. But there won't be any after him because nobody's mm-hmm. ever going to beat the Redeemer. Everyone needs to come talk to re- to the Redeemer, and they will all be forgiven. He's going to forgive all of them. Miro will once again come to fight at the homecoming in Jacksonville, Florida. So that is that's the first announced match for that show. Um, yeah, I didn't know they were going back to Jacksonville so soon, but yeah, August fourth. Yeah, I think and they and said, they said for it the was... first time, like for the last time in a long, long time. Yeah, it's like it seems like it's going to be like a big thanks to all the Jacksonville mm-hmm. fans. Yeah, mm-hmm. before they go north, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he, it's essentially who can beat the Redeemer. He says, "This is the word of the Redeemer." Um, okay, so who do we think he's facing? And I will tell you my two big guesses. He was wearing a blood sport jacket. Yeah, that that, that so, popped me. I was like, oh sweet. <laughs> That's cool so jacket. Josh it could be Josh Barnett. Mm-hmm. Um because as we've seen now, now that Nick Gage has shown up, any fantasy booking is on the table. Mm-hmm. Nick Gage has has been in Bloodsport before he's in Bloodsport two or three it, with one of them. But yeah. <laughs> it's all on the table. And and AW has a lot of Bloodsport connections. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of Bloodsport people on the show. We have a few signed people that have been on it multiple times, mm-hmm. um, including Moxley and Layla Hirsch being two prominent ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is CM Punk. Um, mm. I think the earliest that we could... No, I don't think so. The homecoming... I, I it doesn't make sense now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want it to be CM Punk. Because CM Punk would have to win it. Chicago. But I don't... Uh, yeah, but I don't want Miro to lose the title. I want Miro to have the title for like a year and a half or something. But yeah, that's just never me. mind. Mm-hmm. Scratch CM Punk. It's back to Josh Barnett. Yeah. That's who that's who I think it is. I My think thing that... is, I'm going to say, going off the Bloodsport jacket and all that stuff, I'm going to say Minoru Suzuki. That could be it too. Just with their working relationship with New Japan. I don't think he's, he's not really in any storylines right now in New Japan, so... They could bring him over easily if he could get over here. I don't know how COVID and all that stuff is, but that'd be tight. 
to see Minoru Suzuki versus Miro. That'd be an awesome match. But Absolutely. Josh Barnett would be killer too. That'd be cool. I think that would be amazing because, mm-hmm. like, Josh Barnett's a guy that isn't going to get hurt at all by a loss. No, no, no. Yeah, he's his reputation precedes him, so he could lose to to Miro. And, and Josh Barnett is deceptively he he doesn't seem like he's very big, but he is very large. He's him massive. Miro, yeah, him and Miro would be one of those big beefy boy fights. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next match we had was Doc Gallows versus Frankie Kazarian. Again, this match was entertaining, but not really much to write home about. Um, what I did like about it was was the storytelling here. I mean, mm-hmm. again, the match, eh. But I like that Kazarian, on multiple occasions, has just run out there, a lone wolf, just in the model of Frank Castles. Just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to get my licks in, and then I'm going to get my ass beat. Yeah, it's happened on multiple occasions. He just runs out there with reckless abandon, blind, um, gets in over his head. He takes on two guys. He inflicts a lot of punishment and then just gets his ass beat. And he doesn't seem like he cares. No, like he's like, all right. Yeah, but uh, but I busted your nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, that's fine. I'm cool with it. It's like he doesn't doesn't care about his body. Mm-hmm. And he's like a, a man with. Uh, nothing, nothing to lose, lose. and every, everything to gain. He's just gonna... There you go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like I, like I always liked when I would peruse like a Punisher comic when he wasn't the Punisher, but he was just Frank Castles, and he'd just be in a fight, just mm-hmm. like taking on fifteen guys in like a warehouse. Yeah, fight, it's and always... he's like, he always gets his ass kicked in the end, but like mm-hmm. he took out fifteen guys to do so. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's how I see Kazarian here. Mm-hmm. Completely. Um, yeah, so Kazarian gets beaten, and then out comes Kenny Omega, and he's mocking Kazarian, and and Omega, he goes into full supervillain monologue <laughs> yeah. in this. He's talking about the itsy-bitsy spider, and how... He says that the elite hunter has become the elite hunted, but bef- but he can't quite get that line yeah, out. Yeah, Don has to tell him that was funny. He's like, the elite hunter has become the elite... Uh, uh, and Don's Don. like, the elite hunter. Yeah. He's like, oh, yes, the elite hunter. Yes, yeah. yes. So I love that new bit that he has now mm-hmm. where like uh, he's like an incompetent supervillain, like an incompetent... Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, supervillain from like children's cartoons. Yeah, that's he's so like funny. A, uh, like what's that? Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town or whatever that kid's show was called. Yeah, so funny. Like, I find yeah. that they do that a lot with the with the heels in AEW. They they make them seem like Ninja Turtle villains, mm-hmm. and I find that so fun. Um, yeah, it's like the, the more unhinged he gets, the worse at promos he gets and stuff too. It's funny. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Uh, then Hangman's music hits. He comes running out, drinking. Actually, he doesn't come running out. He comes sauntering out, mm-hmm. looking amazing as always. Um, yeah, drinking hand. Shirt tonight was amazing. He comes into the ring. Don Callis says, "What do you think you're doing, man? This is four on one. Are you stupid?" And Hangman mouths to him, uh, or he's like, "Are you drunk or stupid?" And Hangman mouths to him, "A bit of both." Yeah, like, hold my drink. Hands his drink to Don Callis. Don Callis says. What's this? And then he just starts throwing fists and mm-hmm. immediately, much like Kazarian, overwhelmed. 
Like he just starts getting beaten down. Kenny and Don bail out of the ring because they want nothing to do with Hangman. Um, so he's getting beaten down by the Good Brothers. Out come the Dark Order. They lay out the Good Brothers, including a buckshot from Hangman. And it should be noted that the members in the ring are Udo Grayson, Reynolds, and John Silver. Mm-hmm. John Silver is back. Hell yeah. He, um, those are going to be the five guys in the in the match next week, which is really exciting. So if they win, it's not necessarily going to be Uno and Grayson. It could be Reynolds and Silver. They mm-hmm. get the uh, tag team title, which I think is really cool. Well, uh, the Good Brothers have the Impact title, so maybe everyone gets a title shot. Maybe, Silver and maybe. Reynolds could get Impact title shots. And then... Uh, they Steven. have the they have that title back. They want it back. Yeah, they want it back at Bound for Glory. Okay, very cool. Or uh, whatever the last one was. Bound for Glory is coming up. Oh, well, I don't know. Whatever the Who last knows? one was. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't really watch them. Um, but I do that. I do know that Bound for Glory is coming up because I watched the main event of last week. And hell, even that, even that happened last week. Kenny, mm-hmm. Kenny fought. Uh, what's his name? forget the hacker guy yeah Not i want to call him pro I want, that's what i want to call him but that was his wwe name sammy callahan he fought sammy callahan and yeah that match, match was brutal <laughs> yeah it was, it was really good um <laughs> i love that a lot which is crazy yeah so yeah so i'm really excited for um for next week's match the crowd yeah. ate it up it wasn't quite as high stakes as last week no um, I, th- I think this was more just to show you who hangman teams is going to be and just to get the crowd going. Because once the Dark Order, I mean, they were pretty crazy when Hangman was there, but I love that now the Dark Order is like super over. Because if you remember back to when they first debuted, they were like, everyone's like, Crickets. what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> People were chanting, who are you? And spooky perverts at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're the most over thing. And I'm so happy because mm-hmm. I was so hyped when they yeah. came in to AEW because I knew who they were because of PWG. But yeah, everyone yeah, else they were the... Um, Super Smash Bros. and PWG, right? And sp- speaking of my birthday, Evil Uno and I have uh, the same birthday, so uh, he's That's my cool. birthday brother. Yeah, I'm three years older than him, two years older than him, but same day. Yeah, I was so excited to see John Silver in there getting, getting, uh, yeah. getting physical because <laughs> I saw Reynolds do the the wombo combo, and I was like, did Reynolds just do the wombo combo with? Uh, with Stu Grayson and I was like, Oh no, that's a different bald man with a beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's awesome. Sean Silver's back. I was hoping that was going to be the case. Yeah. I'm really happy that it is. Yeah. I, I like that. Cause uh, last week we talked about how they could do the elite five versus dark order five. And it's just the five guy. <laughs> but I, I like that. They said, no, it's going to be actually these five guys. So <laughs> that would be really funny, but then Hangman <laughs> wouldn't get his. Yeah, no, <laughs> Yeah, it seems like they're they're really gearing that up towards uh uh all out. So that's cool. I'm just I'm so curious if next week uh Hangman's team loses and then he doesn't get to face it. And then he has to earn that title uh, shot back before yeah. all out. And I think I that's a that. very likely scenario. They could they could do that. That'd be that would add a lot of drama to the the show. But I don't know if you want, if it's the main event, I don't know if you want to deflate the crowd that much at the very end. Well, I agree. But I think that I don't have a problem with heels winning to on in big shows the way some yeah. people do. Some people say like, 
oh, send the crowd home happy with the... Sometimes I think it's really cool to have a devastating loss. That's true. Makes you want to like, tune in. Think Star Wars, man. Mm-hmm. Episode, yeah, my... uh, like, Five. Luke gets his hand cut off. Yeah, fucking... that's my favorite movie of all time. And that's and shocking. It ends on a sad ending. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And plus, this isn't, even though it's a special show, it's not a pay-per-view. So it's just, you know, you got to tell these stories you, you want to week to week. So you don't always have to have the good guy come away on top at the end. Because I also I don't see um, Dark Order being the next champions. So if they were to not get that shot, I wouldn't be that heartbroken. Because I see the next champions being Santana and Ortiz. Me too. Me too. Or even um, uh, Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. One of those two. But I think Santana and Ortiz are positioned more to be the the next champs. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways. But we'll see. We'll see. The uh, the next segment. This was just a this was a small little thing, but this is Team Taz announcing a celebration yes. uh, for uh, for Ricky Stark's win. So they're Team Taz. They're looking fine as hell. Hobbs yeah. is wearing a custom. He's wearing custom orange overalls, looking like a whole meal. Oh man, um, he posted them on Twitter before the before the the show started, and I was like, holy crap, Hobbs looks amazing. It had like FTW on him and Team Taz on the back. He, he looks awesome. like a '90s <clears throat> rap music video come to <laughs> life. Yeah, he looks like he needs to be in like a TLC video. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Um, Ricky announces that next week he's going to bring what he knows best to Dynamite, and that's a celebration in his honor. Um, he's going to bring the New Orleans to uh, to to Garland, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Or no, Garland was last night. So yeah. North Carolina. Um and and once again, I need Hook and Hobbs to be a tag team cuz how awesome is that alliteration? Yeah. Hook and Hobbs. That's so cool. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then uh Brian Cage says that he can't wait to be there cuz he loves celebrations. So yeah. he's going to be this is sort of like, this is the uh the Jericho type thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He's the Team Taz hunter, where Kazarian's the elite hunter. He's the Team Taz hunter. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I want to see Cage run through that whole team. I think that'd be cool, mm-hmm. and I hope that we see Hook somewhere involved at the end of because the, there's not really that many guys in Team Taz. So, yeah, yeah. Hook versus Cage would be great. And we'll get to see Cage or Hook wrestle, and I am all for that. Okay, so the next match we had, we had Wheeler Yuta versus Darby Allen, and honestly, if it wasn't for the main event, this would be my match of the night. Yeah, yeah, me too. This was this was really good, especially for for as short as it was. Um, mm-hmm. Again, not as short as last week. I love that they're putting. They obviously see a lot in Wheeler Yula because they're putting them against their highest work rate guys last yeah. week. Sammy Guevara this week, Darby Allen. It's like, mm-hmm. these are high level showcase matches. Yeah, and then I've been seeing a lot more uh, positive reaction to Yuta on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then in the Facebook group that we're in uh, for wrestling, the people were commenting in the thread about how awesome Yuta is. So that's good to see that people are catching on. Last night was easily his best match. Oh yeah, he he and Darby went fucking bananas for the for this match. It was like they're, yeah. Then this match had one of this match had one of my favorite 
moment in wrestling history in it. Oh, and yeah. It didn't even involve yeah. these two guys. Yeah. But we'll get to the match first. Um, as I said, I thought this was uh, Wheeler Yuta's best match. I thought he and Darby, their their speed and technical prowess, like they it, they really wowed the crowd. And mm-hmm. I think uh, Yuta really won them over because I know last week when he came out, he got a muted reaction. They cheered yeah, I think him. People, people were going more crazy for because he came out the best friends, and mm-hmm. I think that's what people were more cheering for. Cheering I think for. that helped him a lot coming mm-hmm. out with them because it really like props him up yeah, to yeah. come out with those guys because that stable is beloved at this mm-hmm. point. So they're like, he's he's their boy. Let's cheer him. Mm-hmm. That he can and people people were cheering him, man. In this, yeah. um, he did. Yuta did a matrix escape from out underneath Darby, but before mm-hmm. he was able to even get to his feet, Darby snatched him out of the matrix escape into a crucifix pin. Yeah. That was which cool. Was so fucking cool. I love that. That mm-hmm. was one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Um, we got a shot in the crowd of NJ and JPW and bullet clubs own Hikaleo in the crowd. Yeah. And that is the son of Haku and the brother of Tomatonga and Tongaloa. Yeah, and uh, they I now his... just need the the gorillas of destiny to come over here because man, oh, it's coming! Yeah, <laughs> it's coming for sure. Um, they had his name on the graphic, and they mm-hmm. called him out by name on the broadcast. So it's like, okay, this is something. Yeah, it was basically... and uh, sorry, not to get off two subjects, no, but no. behind him, somebody had a, a Final Fantasy fourteen poster. So the great uh, wrestling RPG wars continue, <laughs> and it was literally like. Sign, Sign up, up for, yeah. for fantasy for yeah. Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. Mm-hmm. Not, um, yeah. Uh, I thought interestingly in this match, Yuta the babyface targeted the taped ribs of Darby for an yeah. extended stretch in this match, which was interesting. He I, showed like a little mean streak here. Yeah, I always like that in wrestling though. When a heel does it, like targets a body part that's hurt, they're like, "Oh, he's so vicious." But when a face does it, like, "Oh, he's so smart." <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. when uh when the heels on your team you're happy mm-hmm. it's when he's not that you're that you hate it and then he did and this is where i was really impressed with this crowd he did a uh he popped them with a flying octopus ho- hold and the crowd popped for it i was mm-hmm. like hey there you go yeah. <laughs> was like, normally the crowds are like what's happening when a hold yeah. like this happens but like yeah they were like, oh, and I saw people standing up and clapping. <laughs> I was like, there you go. Yeah. You got to pop for these moves because this, this was a very Ring of Honor, New Japan type mm-hmm. hold yeah, super, that you would see. Yeah, from, super technical hold. I know Jonathan Gresham, I think, does that hold. Yeah. That's his nickname too, right? Like the octopus or something. It's like the that. octopus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Darby Allen would take control after that with an avalanche suplex. But actually, he did the avalanche suplex, and then both guys were down on the ground. So then we have Orange Cassidy and Sting on the outside, both showing concern for their guys. But they're on the same side of the ring, and then they make contact with he make eye contact with each other, and they're staring each other down. And Orange Cassidy does the hands up, and then into his pockets, mm-hmm. and then Sting fires first, and yeah. he hits him with the lazy kick. Yeah, and I like then, that Sting started it. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and as soon as he kicked him, the crowd, I don't know how the crowd saw it. Yeah. They all just went, it must have been up on the, the, the screen. Like, yeah, because the crowd the goes, oh! Room. 
yeah. as soon as Sting does the kick. And then they're going back and forth. They go, oh, oh, oh. And then they both back up and do the super kick. And they mm-hmm. their their foot their feet hit. And the yeah. crowd goes insane. And then Sting goes and does the lazy chest thump. Yeah, that was and amazing. That made me laugh so hard. I was like, ah, I love it when old time rest not old time, old timers get it. Yeah, Sting gets it, man. Sting gets it. Um, and I squealed. I could not contain it. I was like slapping the couch. I was because yeah. my my girlfriend was in the other room trying to sleep, so I didn't want to <laughs> wake her up. But I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah, it was so funny. I loved it, and I I, I love Darby's reaction. He's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, off of that distraction, Wheeler Yuta rolls him up for a two count and then rolls him up in a different pin and combination for another two count. And this is really good because that's how Yuta's won his matches mm-hmm. is with uh, these pinning combinations, very similar to Darby yeah. and actually Orange Cassidy as well. They all mm-hmm. have these like unique finishers that are uh, that are pinning combinations. Wheeler Yuta's might actually be my favorite of them. Yeah, really his cool. is his is pretty nuts. Like his, he gets a leg involved in all that stuff too. Yeah, so. it's very cool. Um, yeah, so then uh, Darby's able to uh, he's able to hit his stunner, and then he goes up for the coffin drop. Bam, one, two, three, mm-hmm. and afterwards, Orange Cassidy is checking on Yuta at, at ringside. And the blade sneaks up. They said he came out of the out of the crowd. Sucker punches Orange Cassidy inside the, the head with the brass knuckles, knocks him out. And uh, right away, I was like, "Oh shit! Is Orange Cassidy not going to make his match?" Yeah. And I was like, "If they do that, are they going to bring out another debut?" Like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> was well, like the way last night was going, I wouldn't be shocked. It's like you never fucking know, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought all of this was great. I was like, "Holy shit!" I should not have had. I mean, I was going to have a great time with this match because I'm probably on the higher end of fan of Yuta's in AEW. And then you've got Darby Allen. And yeah, so I knew I was going to really like this, but I thought he excelled in this. Mm-hmm. I thought Darby excelled. I thought the Sting and Orange Cassidy stuff was incredibly inspired yeah i want a sting or an orange cassidy versus joker sting from uh sting's impact days when he's the joker sting match now just just let sting get kind of goofy and crazy and have him fight orange cassidy that'd be hilarious have there's a really funny um anime uh fan art that somebody on twitter did uh people should look that up on twitter um it's uh it's very funny of just of that whole scenario, and then mm-hmm. and Darby in the background in the ring saying, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's very funny. Then we mm-hmm. have a a hype video for the main event between Moxley and Archer. And it's really nice. It highlighted their rivalry and um, their respect for each other across the multiple promotions across AW and NJPW and Mm -hmm. Archer is by far the massive underdog in this. He's certainly not going to win. And last week, and as I said last week, I I said last week, how cool it would be if he, if he did win, Mm -hmm. because that would allow him to go to new Japan with the belt to a fan base that 
has previously loved him in the fa- in the past that already yeah. knows him. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be it'd be in front of his fan, and it's in front of his fans in his hometown. Yeah, but as we know, this is a bid. This is a business, and Moxley is New Japan's cash cow. So yeah. we know how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, but great video. I think it was from the Road Two, which I didn't catch this week, but I that looked like a Road Two video. They normally yeah. do that. They normally truncate them a bit and put them on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose, and again, this was an interesting one, which it wasn't the cleanest match by any stretch. This, yeah, I don't want to be too negative, but this is their worst match they've had together in yeah. Nyla, probably Nyla Rose's worst match she's had in AEW. This, there just something wasn't clicking with them. Yeah, it night. was it was sluggish and sloppy, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because they really, they haven't had them out in front of, they, the women don't wrestle enough. Mm-hmm. They just, that's just flat out. They don't wrestle enough in front of these fans. Yeah. Um, they need to be out there more. Because mm-hmm. as, as we've seen, um, We've seen it with Britt Baker, especially, but Nyla Rose is not exempt to this. They get better and better the more they're out there. Mm-hmm. And the longer time they have outside the ring, the worse they are. Like, it, they just get ring rust. Mm-hmm. Um, the crowd really helped this match, though. The crowd was really into it. So Yes. They, they kept um, me into it, but... They were yeah. hot when Britt when Brit first got out there. And when Britt was doing some cool stuff, they would, but they were trying to do some cool counters and stuff and they just were not working mm-hmm. it, lo- it really looked like they were fighting it out there like their communication and their timing was just off mm-hmm. and this was all the more apparent because we've seen them have an excellent match together yeah. in the eliminator tournament yeah on dynamite that match that, was amazing yeah yeah, that match was incredible, and I was hoping for more of that. But yeah, just this was not. Just sometimes, not you know, good. wrestlers they don't click. Yeah, off night, everyone has those, so it's just something happens. Yeah, but it is wasn't it the is. worst match I've ever seen or anything. So no, and here's the thing: the last few minutes of this, like, uh, like once it got good, like once they did that Eddie Guerrero spot mm-hmm. with with the belt involving Vicky Guerrero. And passing the belt back and forth, like the crowd popped for that. The timing of that was really well done. They mm-hmm. really executed that. I thought that was really good. I thought Vicky Guerrero in that spot was really good. Everyone sold it really well. And then that last explosive exchange between them was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like their timing was great there. The the fans were exploding. They got really loud near the end. The the two curb stomps were absolutely vicious yeah those look gnarly i liked and, it and the crowd was white hot again mm-hmm. and in the end you with the reaction of the crowd at the end you'd think the match was fantastic mm-hmm. yeah like we were saying the, the crowd really helped me stay into this match because they were into it the whole time which is great because yeah but yeah <clears throat> it's just when they were on the ground trying to do like their little counters it, mm-hmm. it wasn't going and i don't know if that's just because I don't know if that's because Nyla is a bigger athlete and really mm-hmm. shouldn't be they shouldn't be trying to do those like little quick roll up counter mm-hmm. stuff back and forth. That's not her game. Yeah. Like don't try yeah, and you do... just need to have Nyla just come out and powerbomb people, like just have her beat people up. Yeah, don't have her do stuff that she put put their best foot forward. That's not her best foot. 
Like, you're not going to have uh, Miro go out there and fucking chain wrestle somebody. <laughs> yeah. You don't have Nyla do the same thing. Do topes and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's silly. Yeah. So now, the, the, the Brit won, and they just announced Thunder Rosa's side. She's actually now the number one contender two in the rankings. So I think hopefully they go back to that feud because that was earlier this year, and their, their no DQ match was amazing. Yeah. I. I almost feel like I think they got to go some to someone else first. Yeah, I want to well, see if, if Baker I were them, versus I would go Statlander first. Yeah, I was gonna say I want to see her versus Statlander. Statlander's been on TV more, so mm-hmm. I think that it's probably an. an cause I think that uh, Rosa would be good. the The only thing is that they've faced each other quite a bit, mm-hmm. and I don't want her to. Although Thunder Rota did. Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa <laughs> did beat her last time, so you yeah, could but it was do not sanctioned. So, but like, I don't know. Thunder Rosa would almost be someone to take the belt off of her. Yeah, so that's that, true. Too. That's the only reason why I say like maybe wait and then have her beat Baker eventually mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah. Who knows? But the thing is, you can only keep the top person away from the belt for so long. They could do like a like the top three people and do a four-way match or something uh and you could just have her beat rosa it's fine mm-hmm. i don't think there's anything wrong with that because then they would be what one and one at that point mm-hmm. with unsanctioned for one of them so like oh and one but whatever mm-hmm. who cares yeah um yeah so yeah you could do it um it'd be interesting it would be it'd be a huge match for mm-hmm. that pay-per-view it is a pay-per-view match you don't do it before pay-per-view no. But, yeah, so maybe you're right. Maybe they hold off at least until the pay-per-view. Well, the pay-per-view is actually a fairly long way away. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that long. It's, uh, it's the end of August. So yeah. you've got... We've got well, I mean, we're almost to August now. So. Yeah, I was going to say, we're... <laughs> what we're, is time? <laughs> we're about at a month. It's it's at the beginning of September, I think. Is mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, it's usually the Labor Day weekend here in the States. Yeah, so. I think it's the 4th. Is the, but they have the... Uh, the show's coming up in Pittsburgh, so they definitely want her there with the title there because she's from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely going to happen at a pay-per-view, but as mm-hmm. we'll see later in the show, they are not saving some of these matches that look yeah. like pay-per-view matches for pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. There's a huge match on the Homecoming show. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's get to this next segment, and this is Santana and Ortiz... Um, Versus FTR in a little press conference, which looks so fucking fake. Um, yeah, this this whole segment, like, it was seemed kind of. <laughs> yeah, I liked like the the parts of it, but it seemed like it was edited weird. Like they took it some was. stuff out or something. It was. Yeah. Um, it it was very clear from the editing, and just, and not even so much the editing, but like the position of the people when yeah, they edited like, it. They knew they weren't going to have enough time, so they cut out a bunch of stuff beforehand. That's it's unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. They really could have just cut a match and made this longer. Yeah. Um, but regardless, this match next week, their match next week, and I can I can break awesome. down why I thought it, it was a little more jarring. So, the, as I said, the news and the, this I'm not the only person who's had this take, but the news conference looked weirdly fake. Um, mm-hmm. They've had better more populated conference conferences previously. So that makes it a little more jarring. Um, this was made all the more apparent because now that crowds are back and now that they're allowed to populate segments with people, 
mm-hmm. um, it makes it seem that much weirder when they're in clearly an empty room with clearly nobody else there yeah. filming these things in just a really sterile environment. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, they can't get away with that anymore now that uh, it's back to having all this energy and all these people being involved in mm-hmm. everything. It just, it looked like a pandemic era segment. Yeah. Um, like, uh, and, and he's like, I really like Santane, Santana stuff where he was showing the photos of yeah, the that struggle was awesome. of he and mm-hmm. his mother. I thought this was awesome. It's like, oh, this is working. Okay, they're pulling me into it. And then they did a weird jump cut. So they had a like a medium zoom shot on him and he's standing mm-hmm. when he's doing this. And then they go to a wide shot immediately afterwards. And now they're all of a sudden sitting. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, no, guys, you can't do that. Yeah. This is yeah. editing 101. I went to yeah. school and had yeah. to had to do some editing in my in my film classes. Like you cannot just jump cut like that yeah. from a guy yeah. standing to everyone sitting down in completely different. Like this is stupid. This is yeah. And like Dax after Satan, he cut to Dax in that same cut, and he was talking about something completely different. It's like what the hell's going on? I was like, no, guys, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a- this is amateur hour here. Mm-hmm. It was really jarring. Um, and then it just went to a pull-apart brawl, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, this is just all felt like a miss, which is unfortunate because the material they were working with was really good. Yeah. Um, on paper, it's awesome. In execution, they really shit the bed. Yeah. I, yeah, I've been loving the story, like, how FTR has been trying to say they grew up the same as proud and powerful. It's like, they're trying to like gentrify their struggle in New York and stuff. It's mm-hmm. cool. I, I like that whole story. And this match is going to be amazing. Like yeah. one of my most anticipated matches the rest of the year. Like I cannot wait for this match. Yeah. But this segment was just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. It didn't really dampen my excitement for next week's match, but it didn't enhance it in any way, mm-hmm. yeah. which is unfortunate because it's next week. This should have been their go home. And they, mm-hmm. They've had better segments for this in the past, like when they had Santana and Ortiz sitting in that little alley and then had Proud and Powerful talking in like an abandoned house and they're mm-hmm. going back and forth. That was better. That yeah. should have been the segment. Mm-hmm. They did not need to do this. Yeah. They could have just had a brawl in the ring or something. I don't know. Yeah. Find, that's what find should, another way. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure after the match next week, we'll forget all about this. And it'll oh, be... it'll be great next mm-hmm. week. I. I also hope we don't get too much involvement from Tully and Conan because they are announced to be involved. Yeah. Conan wasn't there tonight, though. So, yeah. I mean, I, no, he, he wasn't. MLW there. now, so I don't know if that, but, but he was on the graphic whenever they showed it. Yeah. I think he's just wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. Conan does what he wants. He doesn't get tied down. I don't That's think. That's true. That's true. I don't, I think, I'm sure they'll get involved in like one spot towards mm-hmm. the end of the match or something, but yeah, this match is going to be great. Okay, so next we had an Andrade segment, and this is where, again, this was good, but strangely chaotic, and yeah. chaotic in a in very unexpected ways, largely due to the crowd, mm-hmm. and just to like timing issues, and uh, just certain dynamics that just, uh, like live crowds just make some things unwieldy, so Andrade comes out, he's with his assistant, who I really like, for some reason. He's silent. Yeah. He's just always has the iPad and he takes his gloves from him. I just, yeah, I like that he's got his I- iPad and he just always shows whoever he's talking to. He's like, 
points to the iPad. They show. He's the like, iPad. read this. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Um, he did that in this. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> and he tells the world that he's here to announce his his surprise, and he and his assistant holds out the iPad and points to it and holds it up to Tony Schiavone, and Tony's looking. He's like, really, really? I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I'm here to announce the the new consultant for Andrade is Chavo Guerrero. And the crowd goes fucking bananas mm-hmm. for Chavo. He's getting Chavo yeah. chants. Well, was, Chavo and Eddie, they're from Texas, so that makes sense. Yeah, I was really happy because, mm-hmm. um, as we all know, Chavo largely in his career got overshadowed by Eddie. Mm-hmm. And uh, his work with Lucha Underground was really good. Yeah, and he does like a lot of like, uh, what was that? Sh- yeah, that show glow, uh, glow. Yeah, he was the wrestler, the trainer on that show too. So that's cool. Yeah, he's he was involved in their, I think their final season is mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah, and he was involved in that. Um, yeah, so he comes out and people are going nuts, and he he says that he's here because AW is the place to be. He's got a little mustache. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. He says that Andrade is going to be the next big thing in wrestling. He's going to be the next big thing in AEW. And then Death Triangle's music hits. And they come out. It's Pac, Penta, and Phoenix. Phoenix yeah. is back, which was yeah. awesome. The crowd popped huge for them. And mm-hmm. this was sort of maybe where AEW mis- misplayed their hand here. Because <laughs> we'll get to it. Um mm-hmm. Pac tells Andrade to to take their names out of their out of his mouth, and that they're not hiding from anybody, much less Andrade. And then Andrade, he's very he's very mild mannered and he's soft spoken, so he starts talking to Penta and Phoenix directly. However, the fans are chanting Cierto Miedo, and they're <laughs> much louder than Andrade. Yeah, because. Partly because he's not really... He's a pretty soft-spoken like, guy. Like he's, he's soft-spoken. Right? That's his character. But also, <laughs> um, he's he's not that comfortable with English. Yeah. So he's a little... You can tell he's a little hesitant, and he's not really leaning into it mm-hmm. too much with with his voice. You can tell that he's uh, he's tiptoeing his way through through his English. Like, he's, he's going slowly and measured and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's. I couldn't tell if it rattled him, and I thought it might have rattled him when the crowd was chanting Sierra Merdo louder than him, and I had to lean in and turn up my TV to hear mm-hmm. what he was saying. And then Luckily, he, Chavo was there, though. Yeah, luckily Chavo was there, and he started he switched over to um Spanish. To Spanish at one point, and then he got louder and more comfortable, so I think mm-hmm. that might have been part of it. Yeah, and I don't know if that was him doing it on the fly, or like to to get through the se- to get through that segment to mm-hmm. rally, um, or if that was planned. And then, yeah, he essentially he's saying that Penta and Phoenix could be so much better if they were aligned with himself instead of Pac. Mm-hmm. And then he began, and I said he started talking Spanish, and then. Pack is looking around confused and he obviously doesn't understand. So Chavo grabs the mic and he translates and he tells them that he's looking at their waists and they're not very shiny. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, I don't see any championship belts there. And 
there should be. That's the problem. Um, and Andrade asks them in English why why they work for Pack. He says, you know, now now you work for Andrade Alidolo. Yeah, I like how you just said that you work for me now. Like he didn't <laughs> he, he didn't say. I want you to work for me, yeah. or I'm inviting you to work. He said, you work for me now. Yeah, he just, nope, you're with me now. <laughs> that was awesome. And what was cool in the segment was, and I've heard multiple people mention this, um, Penta and Phoenix were positioned behind Pac so that it was they could have very easily turned on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime a, you walk, somebody walks in front of their stable mates, I'm like, uh-oh. Especially oh. in this, so this mm-hmm. has a maybe that's going to happen in future. Maybe it won't. It didn't here. Um, Pack responds by saying that, "Oh, you're mistaken, sir. They don't work for me. Death Triangle is a team. Death Triangle is a family. Death Triangle is a unit." Mm-hmm. And Phoenix answers him in Spanish, and then he says that we are the face of the Latinos. And then Penta tells him with the health of Alex Abrahantis that Andrade isn't on their level. And I love that Pinta spoke in Spanish and then Abrahantis said Pinta says and the crowd popped for that. I love that the crowd's behind that now. Yeah, I I really like that the crowd knows who the face and heel is mm-hmm. in this dynamic here. Mm-hmm. Like El Idolo is the heel, Pac and the the Death Triangle are the faces, mm-hmm. and Death Triangle starts marching to the ring. And Andrade tries to... And this is where I thought it was a little weird here, too. Like, the timing wasn't quite there, and I don't even think it was their fault. I think, uh, I don't know, something... The the agenting was a little odd here. So they march to the ring, and Andrade tries to... He calms him down. He says, like, relax, relax. Tranquilo. Um, he says, tranquilo. And, but then he starts uh, undoing his cufflinks and taking off his... Mm-hmm. Taking off his jacket, is like, oh, he's ready to throw down here, and then then the officials run in. But it's just that it was a little delayed. Like there was, is like this happened too slowly. Mm-hmm. Like how this played out, and then uh, Andrade and his boys just calmly exit out the back of the ring and walk away. And yeah, you know, something like the segment was good. I just felt like it could have been tighter, and it felt a little drawn out and. The multiple languages, it makes it necessary to really pay attention. And then mm-hmm. you have to be quieter so the crowd can't be hot, which is their strength. Yeah. Because if it's a hot crowd, you don't hear Andrade. So it's 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 weird. However, I did get a vibe from Chavo and Andrade. It gave me a lot of, especially from Chavo, MVP and Bobby Lashley vibes. Yeah. In, yeah. uh and with WWE. the hurt locker, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Ooh, if they can channel what those guys had or what those guys still have, um, this could be very special." Because that's a very silent man with a loud, braggadocious man who does all the talking, who has a long, storied history mm-hmm. in wrestling, and they're both very smooth and wearing suits and this and yeah. that. I mean, I don't I really like that. I don't like to compare people, but it's a it's a similar dynamic. Mm-hmm. I like that. Those That'd guys. be cool. Now they just uh, they got Travo. Now they just need one more person, and then they're on equal footing in terms mm-hmm. of wrestlers with uh, Death Triangle. Yeah, I don't know if Chavo will wrestle. He can still wrestle. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he will. Um, I mean, MVP wrestled too. So I mean, every once in a while, mm-hmm. but um, 
I feel like he might pull in a couple other guys. I still think we might see Roosh. The one thing is that I don't know that the I don't think I don't know if Ring of Honor is really attached to um, AW yet. Yeah, which is we'll weird because they used to have a deal with um, New Japan, but I don't know if that's still in effect or not because New Japan's taking their guys to Impact into uh, AW, so I don't know. They they do a bit. They do a bit because um, uh, what's his name? Um, Brody King mm-hmm. is uh, is signed to Ring of Honor, but he's been working New Japan. Yeah, and Chris Dickinson is in both, and I think Gresham does both as well. Mm-hmm. So they they're they're around. It's mm-hmm. just it's a case by case basis. Yeah, I I wonder if uh, this is all speculation too. I wonder if Ring of Honor still mad about the Young Bucks and them leaving because they could since be. since they left. Out of all the companies, Ring of Honor's business got hit the worst since the bucks and all them left Mm -hmm. they've been taking i've heard that they've been taking the uh the pandemic incredibly seriously like Mm -hmm. they they are running a few shows but like extremely spaced out Mm -hmm. um like they've taken it a lot slower so that could be why yeah we haven't seen that yeah i just want to see uh andrade roosh in um naito that's that's all i want to see is just those three guys on a team against death triangle woo wee I think we're going to see some <laughs> form of that eventually once um, once the New Japan stuff happens. And I think we are going to see that mm-hmm. quite soon. And we'll get to that later. Um, I think there's a very good chance we hear something about that mm-hmm. in the very near future. Hinting to later on this podcast, I'm going to talk about it. Okay, oh, okay so... Now we have our previously on dark segment. Um, yeah, which, last week was it? Last week they did that. I think maybe two weeks the, in a row. Is the the week before? Because is when uh, uh, Stark said, uh, "Yeah, the FTW mean the W means wife," and I'm talking about your wife. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like these segments. I find these uh, pre-recorded little bits a little odd, but I um, like it because they're bringing up dark on the. Sh- the not dynamite, so sure, maybe more people totally. go watch it. But it's funny because it's like it's dark that they recorded the same day. Yeah, they recorded like two hours before. <laughs> yeah, so it's the dark that's going to show next Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, they showed Marco Stunt confronting the HFO. He runs to the ring, gets his ass beat. Jurassic Express comes down to save him including Christian and then they show and then this is a segment that's live or recorded now in the present um, they show Christian he's backstage with Lucha with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and he talks about how he thought his match with Matt Hardy would be the end of their feud um, but obviously that's not the case so he proposes that he and Jurassic Express being Lucha Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy will face Angelico and Private Party next week to end things once and for all, and clearly that's not going to be the case. Um, <laughs> you don't end it with that with that uh, trios match, especially mm-hmm. with Matt Hardy not involved. But um, it's not a match I am excited for. However, trios matches in front of the AW crowds really hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are always so much better in front of the AW crowds. Um, they really do a good job with that. 
um and i thought they struggled with them um in at daily's place but in front of the in front of the live crowd i think they're great so just that's gonna be a uh that's gonna be a spot fest next week and it'll be fine yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm more excited to see the increasing tensions between jungle Jungle boy and christian absolutely i'm more excited to see that i want them to get to that expeditiously Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure they'll probably slow burn it so they can have Jungle Boy versus Christian at All Out. Probably that'd be, be a good match for that pay per view. Probably you never know though. You never know. There are some that's true. What, we're treating we just... every episode like it's a pay per view, right? Yeah, now. and they. I mean, yeah. This this is nuts. All these people. Uh, what was it? Simon Miller on Twitter said AEW's turning into the Smash Bros of. <laughs> of wrestling, wrestling. <laughs> yeah. which is correct anybody can show up from any from any franchise at any mm-hmm. time we're gonna get sonic the hedgehog showing up mm-hmm. um yeah the day we, a wwe guy a contracted wwe guy comes out will be like what the <laughs> dumps his title in a garbage bin yeah i don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again but <laughs> i want it mm-hmm. i fucking want it um yeah, or Shane Douglas. Yeah, they could. What did he do? Head. It was wild. He I had remember. the NWA title because when ECW before they came Extreme Championship Wrestling, it was Eastern Championship Wrestling. We had a tournament to crown the new NWA champion. Shane Douglas won. Said uh, this title with all its lineage of Ric Flair, the fat ass Dusty Rhodes, the Von Eric, all that. Well, they can kiss my ass. And he threw the title down and said, "I'm the ECW champion." Extreme Championship Wrestling. We're the number one promotion in this country and all that stuff. It was cool. Didn't you? Yeah. Fucking crazy. <laughs> all right. So this next segment is uh, Marvez interviewing the factory. And Marvez, he basically asks QTs. Like, he says he's a little hesitant to be around them because last week when you guys had a, had an interview with Tony Schiavone, you dumped a protein shake on his head. And QT tells Marvez that, you know what? An apology, an apology is owed after what happened between us last week, and uh, that apology is going to take place in next week live in uh, North Carolina. So, something's happening next week to poor Tony. Uh, yeah, I just thought of this actually while you're naming this because I was like, "How are they going to? What is the factory versus Tony Schiavone? Like, he's not a wrestler." And I was like, "Wait, who's his broadcast partner on Elevation? Paul White." Oh, <laughs> and he said he wants to do a couple matches, right? Yeah. So. Well, we do, we know he's do, they. Do you remember that promotional photo that they did for Forbes mm-hmm. with all the people in the ring? Yeah, Paul White's in the ring in in gear that we've never seen. Yeah, in ring gear, so he's he's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I could see it because that just popped in my head. I was like, I don't know who. Who is friends enough with Tony? Because it's not going to be Britt Baker coming out to beat up QT Marshall. Which, but that would be awesome if she did too. But and I was like, wait, Paul White could come out and help him. Yeah, you never know. Maybe Britt, maybe Britt's like dragging Paul out by the finger. Yes, yeah. <laughs> finger as big as her arm. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's interesting. <laughs> um, then we have. The Blade versus Orange Cassidy. And this match was just to get Orange Cassidy in front of the crowd and yep. the ending. It was very much for the ending. And mm-hmm. we'll get to that. But the Blade comes to the ring. He's in the ring. Orange Cassidy's music hits. 
Orange Cassidy doesn't come out. So the blade demands that they raise his hand in victory. Like, no, he's not here. You raise my hand. But because the crowd is cheering so loudly, he doesn't realize that Orange Cassidy slips in behind him. He's he's outsmarted him. He basically Luthez presses um, uh, the blade. He starts raining down blows on him. Um, and <laughs> then uh, he he gets out from underneath Orange Cassidy. They do a couple. Uh, they do a couple like drop downs, and then the blade goes lame on his leg, and he hobbles to the corner. And he but he ends up he's playing possum. He waits for mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy to uh, to basically look the other way. Then he runs up, drop kicks him in the head, and they go back and forth for a while. And then the blade hits. An absolute vile looking oh, gut wrench power nuts. bump on top of the turnbuckle. Yeah, I was sitting on my couch and I just yelled, "Good God!" Whenever he just bounced off the top. Because I was like barely paying attention to this match. Because again, I was in like a half watching the show, half on Twitter because of all the shit that was going down with all the mm-hmm. rumors and the signings and going every which way. And I looked up and I was like, "Ew!" I think the blade just killed Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Orange Cassidy sells better and takes bumps better than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, in my life. this bump was nuts too because he he didn't hit the apron; he bounced off the top turnbuckle and just fell all the way to the floor. Well, yeah, because <laughs> he Orange Cassidy was on the top turnbuckle to hit a splash or something, and the blade jumped up there. So it wasn't like it wasn't a buckle bomb. It was mm-hmm. like they were on the. It was like he's going to go for a for an avalanche suplex or something, but he mm-hmm. didn't. He picked him up and then just slammed him straight yeah. down on top of the post. Like I was like, a, like oh a my rubber lord. Ball. He was nuts. And he launched off of that turnbuckle. <laughs> um, and then he followed that up with just completely working over uh, Orange Cassidy's back for a while. And then then he would follow that. He what was I going to say? Oh, I lost my slide. Here we go. Um, he works over his back for a while in multiple brutal ways. He's hit. He hits him with a spinning tombstone at one yeah. point that gets a near yeah. fall, which I love the spinning tombstone. I think it's such a cool move. He, or mm-hmm. like the spinning pile driver, which Janela did in the uh, indies for a while, but he doesn't do that in AW. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange would then hit a beach break and he would dodge a couple attempts of the uh, brass knuckles before Orange Cassie would hit him with the orange punch for the one, two, three, and sort of similar to last week with uh, with Darby Allen, it's just like, oh, he didn't use the brass knuckles. Yeah. I thought he would have used the brass knuckles. And then he picks up the brass knuckles, hits him with it. It's like, oh, there it is. And then he put it in his pocket. And then he <laughs> put it in his pocket, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this match it was for that. Mm-hmm. So now Orange Cassidy has brass knuckles forever. Yeah. He's always going to have those brass knuckles in his pocket. Mm-hmm. which is what I wanted to happen way back. And we had theorized this about Orange Cassidy winning the diamond ring and mm-hmm. always having it in his pockets that you never know when he pulls his hands back out of his pocket and he has the diamond ring on to hit a guy. Yeah. So now it'll be like every once in a while, he'll pull out the hand and there'll be knuckles mm-hmm. on it. And yeah. I love that. I think that's really cool. I think that is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is that buckle, the buckle bomb thing. Was nuts and otherwise worth it. Match was, match yeah. was worth it for that. <laughs> yeah, 
Like yeah. it was the match. I love when matches that are kind of slow like that, and then they just have one just like spot. You're like, holy crap! The match was a little longer than it should have been, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it went a little long, but then it was good. Like it was really well worked because these are two very underrated workers, especially the Blade. Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy's not underrated at this point, really. Yeah, but the Blade really is. Mm-hmm. And next we had. Jericho's reveal of the pain maker. And this was funny. This was uh, Jericho. He's sitting with his back to the camera. And I forget who he's talking to. It doesn't really matter. I guess it was Marvez. It is Marvez. Um, and he's got his back to the camera. And he's essentially saying that he's got he's to dig deep down into himself to bring out the pain maker if he's going to face Nick Gage next week. Um, and... Uh, he he turns around and he's got the pain maker makeup on and then he puts on his weird little fedora. Yeah, his fedora. That made me laugh. Which is it's I love the idea of going deep down inside to bring out the monster in order to face the monster. Mm-hmm. But I've always felt that the pain maker looked so dumb. Yeah. And he looks so like, silly. I said this back in the day when he was in New Japan doing it. He looks like his son is in a like a goth rock band and he's just there to support his son. So like he's painted his face up and stuff. <laughs> he's always said it's based off of Alice Cooper, um, yeah. which I see it, but I don't ever remember Alice Cooper wearing a stupid little fedora. I don't, yeah, I don't get the fedora either. Yeah. I don't know. It I just wanted cool. to put, when he put the fedora on, I'm like, what lady? <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's ever looked cool in a fedora. Yeah. I don't know if he, like, well, I don't know what he's reaching for here. Um, like it's very stupid, but it's also very funny. Mm-hmm. Like it, and then they showed the match graphic for next week, and I yeah. just burst out laughing. Yeah, it looks like the wildest thing. Yeah, it looks fake. Like it looks like that Tom Customs like thing. I wonder how Jericho's gonna win this. I fully expected Mox to come out because him and uh, Cage Gage have kind of beef. You, uh, there was. I don't. I saw a tweet that said that um, I can't remember who posted it, but said that uh, Nick Gage has said that he would rather die in the ring than lose to Chris Jericho. <laughs> um, and I've I had a uh, basically two. I saw from two. I think Fightful said this, and What Culture both said this, and I agree. Something like this is probably how they have to do it. Is that um, MJF is around and he's egging Gage on to the point where he eventually goes after MJF. Oh yeah, I can see that too. And he just kind of leaves <laughs> or something or, like after he, yeah, he beats like, up MJF and leaves or something. <laughs> like something happens. Like maybe maybe Chris Jericho's able to just roll him up or something, and then Nick Gage is furious and he goes out there and just destroys mjf or just like mm-hmm. fucking shanks mjf mm-hmm. or something like something yeah. has like nick gage needs to look strong because he's not there to look like a fool they would mm-hmm. not have got him they yeah. would not have signed him if like, he's not going to do this if he's not mm-hmm. going to look strong yeah. so i would say they could have cardona come out but their matches this weekend yeah so. did you i did you saw cardona's tweet mm-hmm. after this happened <laughs> like when this was announced his tweet was what the fuck is this? Yeah. 
which is uh very funny um mm-hmm. okay so yeah i i have no idea how, how they're gonna do it it's mm-hmm. i know they're gonna do which something is exciting because you don't know how they're gonna do it yeah they're gonna they're gonna uh yeah, Jericho or Jericho has to get through like on a technicality somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't. He like he. I don't think he can't beat Gage at his own game. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um. I want Gage to take that spike off of his jacket and just because you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to yeah. use the spike. I want him to spike him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe it's some still more, so uh, nuts that we're getting Nick Gage on cable television next week. We're gonna get the pizza cutter because he showed it. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, I doubt we'll do. I doubt Jericho will want to do pizza cutter in the mouth. But I'll do pizza cutter on the forehead. Yeah, but Nick Gage also doesn't give a shit, and he'll just put. No, it's live. <laughs> it's live, man. Mm-hmm. If you piss him off, he'll fuck you up. So mm-hmm. that's me. He does not care. No, he's a he's a different cat. Mm-hmm. He will, he'll carve you up. Mm-hmm. Like when when he thought that David Arquette just disrespected him a bit, he just started carving up his face. Yeah, yeah. Like David Arquette got upset that he did some. I can't remember what it was. He did something to him. David Arquette got pissed, and he kind of like he shoot hit him. Mm-hmm. He like shoot hit uh, Nick Gage, and then Nick Gage is like. like Oh, you fucked up now. Here we go. And he, uh, <laughs> that's when he got out the pizza cutter. He's like, here we go. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to carve up your face now. Well, because like Mox has said that like we did the pizza cutter thing. I said, don't do it in my mouth. And he still did it anyways and stuff. So yeah, he, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't care like yeah. this. This is a man who like, he'll just take the consequences. Mm-hmm. He might be like, I'm on live television on a national scale. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna, like, I'm never gonna get back here again. Might as well have some fun. Yeah. What are they gonna I'm do? Doing it to one of the biggest stars ever in wrestling. So amazing! I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So next we have the main event. Speaking of death match. Oh um, man. Yeah. Two death. The yeah. Woo. <laughs> this was so good. I had forgotten that Texas Death Match is a last man standing match. Yeah. Um, Usually it used to be. The first Texas Death Match I ever saw was Cactus Jack versus Vader, and you'd have to, to pin them, and then you do the ten count. So it's one, oh, two, weird. three, and then you then you get off, and then they do the ten count. It's how I used to always remember it being. That seems redundant. Just, I'm glad they changed mm-hmm. that. Yeah, but now it's just a uh, just a last man standing match. Yeah, I generally I hate last man standing matches. I find them kind of boring. This mm-hmm. was amazing. Yeah, like this is going to be in my top ten for the year for sure. Yeah, they beat the ever living shit out of and each other. Is awesome. this is gonna this is i think in my top two favorite like hardcore type matches mm-hmm. like Britt baker thunder rosa and this one mm-hmm. those generally aren't necessarily my favorite but i thought this was just so well done yeah so excited like a lot of death matches i'll watch and it's just like okay you're just I hit you with a light tube. You hit me with a light tube. I mm-hmm. hit you with a light tube. I gouge you. You gouge me. I gouge you. You gouge. Like, this was good. This was story. This was exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, they really. Yeah, they, they amped it up in the right spots and kept going. It had one of the most oh, just fucked up chair spots I've ever seen with the two chairs on Mox's spine. That was just nasty. Yeah, so these guys just beat the piss out of each other. 
<laughs> Archer came out to a big pop, kendo sticks in hand. Um, he yeah. tried to throw one into the ring. It bounced back and almost hit him, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Mox got a pretty big pop, but not as big as he normally does because they were in Archer's hometown. So that that's kind of cool and crazy. Yeah. I'm just going to run down the big spots in this match because <laughs> there were a lot. Um, right away, we saw a big pounce from Archer on on uh, Moxley, which was fun. Um, Archer hit the cannonball senton off the off the apron, which I always love. Then they battled into the crowd, and Archer found a fan. Basically, he found Ralphus in the crowd, and yeah. he punched Ralphus in the face, and then just hit Moxley with him. Yeah, hit a dude with another dude. Bring me back to his uh, in New Japan days when he just knock out young boys walking to the ring. <laughs> so good. Um, then Archer took a paradigm shift on the exposed cement, busting him wide open. Mm-hmm. Then he gets back into the ring. And Moxley's pulled out a friggin' fork fork. (laughs) and just mercilessly gouges at the bloody mask of of Archer. And it is like they were they really know how to fork these two guys. (laughs) Um, Moxley then pilmanizes the leg of Archer. Archer hit a ripcord helicoaster, which I thought he was going for a rainmaker at first. Doing a rainmaker, I was like another rainmaker. Tony thought he was too. When mm-hmm. he first went for it, Tony went, oh my God, is it? And then mm-hmm. it got countered and then he hit it the second mm-hmm. time. And it wasn't that it was, it's called the helicoaster. It's basically the boss man slam, but with a ripcord mm-hmm. um, or black hole slam, I guess. Um, Moxley took a, he took a choke. This is what you're talking about. He took the choke yeah. slam onto two chairs with the backs propped up oh, against each other. Man, that could not have been fun at all. No, that's a, you got to go to the chiropractor after that. Mm-hmm. Um, Moxley hit a paradigm shift, which only which Archer sat up from after four seconds with double middle fingers. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. He cussed too because he said, fuck, he just said, fuck you, like clearly like he could. <laughs> <laughs> really good, really good mm-hmm. shit. And then Moxley, then he went out to the, uh, went out underneath the ring and pulled out the, uh, the like, plywood that has the barbed wire wrapped all around it he grabs a couple of those sets it up on two tables and then he attempts to put archer through them with a paradigm shift he takes him out to the apron he's going to paradigm how he shift beat him, him in japan so that's a nice callback it was awesome it was really good <laughs> and then archer his his counter for this is he pulls out the fork he somehow he got the fork. He pulls it out and just jackhammers it off Moxley's skull like mm-hmm. fifteen times. I was like, I lost my shit mm-hmm. when this happened. Like it was, it was surprising. Like I, I don't think anyone suspected him to have that fork on him. Mm-hmm. He pulls it out. And as soon as he pulled it out, the crowd went insane. Yeah, and he's just furiously hitting him with that. And then he choke slams Moxley through the table with the barbed wire and moxley does not get up he yeah. can't get up because he's yeah. stuck in i the... like that because moxley was trying to get up but he's stuck in all the barbed wire that's cool it keeps moxley strong and uh but it's smart with the match like amazing how aw treats their hometown heroes mm-hmm. um they crowned him as a new champion it's the first time in eight years that the then IWGP title has changed has changed hands outside yeah. of Japan. 
last time it happened was um, Andrade when he was El Sombra and he beat uh, Nakamura for the IC title. In CMLL? CMLL, yeah. Um, Yeah, AEW and NJPW's bold move here really revitalized Archer. Mm -hmm. And it spiced up a whole, like a multi-promotional division that had kind of been stagnant. For not mm-hmm. like not stagnant because you can't be stagnant with Moxley, but like yeah, just they haven't been defending it. But like the there's two weeks now, and then they're defending it again next week. I like that every week so far since they've been on the road, the the U.S. title's been on the line. Like this is a true shock. Mm-hmm. They even like they called out. Um, they said Kevin Kelly reported that they did a poll with New Japan fans, and 65 percent of the people thought Moxley was going to retain. Mm-hmm. And I was 95% sure that Moxley was going to retain. However, this is the result I wanted. I said last mm-hmm. week. I yeah, you, pred- you said this last week. I wasn't predicting that Archer was going to win. I was predicting Moxley was going to win. But I said mm-hmm. if I had the book, I would I would book Archer to win. Mm-hmm. But there was, I thought there was no way New Japan was going to want that. Yeah. Um, but Mox just had his kid. He came out in his uh, Street Fighter Guile shirt where he's fighting Guile, and Guile's line is, go home and be a family man, so now Mox <laughs> can go home and be a family man. It That's all makes a sense. nice call. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so good, because Archer's back now. Archer's <laughs> now a badass. Yeah, they um, just, they bumped him up immediately. And Archer's somebody, he doesn't need a storyline on AEW. He's not someone, you're not like, oh, watch Archer's next storyline. Archer can just go to New Japan now. Mm-hmm. He go can hang out with his Suzuki Goon friends again and stuff. He can just go to New Japan for a bit and mm-hmm. battle all those guys, defend that title, look like a badass, raise his stock even more so he won't be collecting losses. Mm-hmm. And then he can come back and be the conquering hero. Yeah, like this is I mean, brilliant because you can't send Moxley over there for a month and a half. Yeah, you can send Archer there over for a month and a half, and he's already over in Japan. They love him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think this is brilliant booking. And then after the match, the earlier spotted Hikaleo comes into the ring. They have a stare down. It's announced for next week. Hikaleo is going to be facing Archer. Yeah. They and Hikaleo's like, taller than Archer. <laughs> he's looking down at a six nine man. Yeah, the crowd's chanting "Holy shit!" Whenever he gets up in Archer's face, too, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm excited to see what Hikaleo can do because I've watched him in matches. It's like okay, yeah. He's, but I mean, he's how this will be son. your. He's yeah, young. This will be a big, big beefy boy match where they just got lots of power moves and stuff. Oh yeah, this will be good. So looking at next week's match, we have. We have Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage. This, That's got to be the main event, right? This, They're going to oh, save that for the end. Probably. You never know. Uh, <laughs> yes, I would say yes. Um, Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho. That's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. There's it's no way so anyone fun. could have ever predicted this, ever. It Unless is, you're an actual time traveler. It's a dream match. I want Nick Gage to carve up Chris Jericho. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Then we have and this this next graphic here is what I was talking about earlier. Um, it's Tony Khan will announce a major new live event. Some people are speculating it could be one of the signings, mm-hmm. um, or like maybe when that person is going to appear, or 
Who knows? I don't think that's the case. Many people are speculating that it is a joint event. I was just about to say a super show. Yeah, between New Japan and AEW. AEW and maybe Impact. Mm -hmm. I can see that. That'd be really cool. That's what uh, a lot of people are speculating, especially after this main event with Hikaleo being there. Mm -hmm. With, um, yeah, with all the movement that's going on right now. I can see that. When do you think they would have the event next year sometime? Who knows? Honestly, yeah. it could be sooner rather than later. Yeah. Like, it seems like they their momentum is, like, they're putting their foot down on the pedal. It could yeah. be it could be September. It could be October. October would be cool. I was going to um, say they could call it Halloween Havoc, but WWE still has that trademark, so never mind on that. But <laughs> it, it couldn't be the summer because New Japan is very full up right now yeah. but we're probably looking at guys who are in the u.s so think jay white think mm-hmm. chris bay think tama tonga tongaloa nicoleo mm-hmm. um moxley archer mm-hmm. fucking the elite yeah like any any impact guys really as well mm-hmm. that's why i say maybe if they could wait till next year and you could get more japanese guys over here maybe i don't know because I know they got the Olympics right now, and I know their COVID situation's not doing so hot. Ours isn't here either, so it's getting worse over here. Yeah, well that that's the that's the frightening thing is that we've now got all this stuff happening in wrestling, and it's really exciting. Please don't go back to no fans. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be. I mean, if you have to, you have to, but it would be heartbreaking. Get vaccinated. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's stupid not to. It's heartbreaking when you look on when you look on just on like little things and like anything that has to do with a vaccination or a mask. All the comments are people being like, "Look, why are you wearing masks? If you're a mask, if you're wearing masks, you're an idiot. Look at this not a man person who's wearing a mask." And like, oh my god, <laughs> my my dad was a marine. He fought in Vietnam. He wears a mask. He's a manly man. You can wear a mask and still be a man. it's ridiculous yeah anyway let's get back to this i don't want to talk about masks anymore yeah it's ridiculous all right Mm -hmm. um yeah so So we have hikaleo versus lance archer really Mm -hmm. cool um we have the elite versus hangman actually this will probably be the main event of the show yeah it will be um (laughs) the elite versus hangman page in the dark order this could Mm -hmm. also open the show it could it'd be exciting opener but it's got world title match ramifications. I think you. I think yeah, you. Can, I would hope, the end. If I was AEW, I'd say fuck it. And open it with Gage versus Jericho. Just shock everyone <laughs> right Fucking, out the gate. There's so much they could open the show here. Then you mm-hmm. have um, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus versus HFO, which is um, Private Party and Angelico. Um, that ma- This match is going to be good. I yeah, think. Here's high the thing. Crazy. I don't. I still don't love Private Party. Something about them that they just don't click for me. But everyone else in the match should be mm-hmm. good. I don't know. We'll see. It's in front of fans. I think uh, fans will be hot for it, and that'll oh, sure. that'll elevate it. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have Santana Ortiz versus FDR. This could also open the night. Yeah, actually, this would be a hell of an opener. Like this Here's would a, keep people in. You could make an argument for everything except for the Lance Archer Hikaleo match. Mm-hmm. but that could open it too 
I don't know. Yeah. If if it was John Moxley, I would say it definitely opened. Yeah. I think if I were booking the show, I would do Santana Ortiz versus FTR to open. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> and then we have for homecoming. This is August fourth. <laughs> this is funny. Somebody pointed out how many homecomings are there. Impact has a show called Homecoming. Uh-huh. AEW has a show called Homecoming. GCW has their big show yeah. called Homecoming. Spider Man had a movie called Homecoming. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of homecomings. Um, <laughs> we have. They are not saving it. It's going to be Alistair Black versus Cody Rhodes, August fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, the timing tells me Alistair Black is winning. Yeah, and they are not subtle at all with <laughs> the graphic. It's Cody in the clouds and uh, Malachi Black and like looks like fire. <laughs> They're not being subtle at all. <laughs> no, it's good. They don't have to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, of course not. Have fun with it. But yeah, this is a shock. May I, this makes me think that Malachi's definitely winning, and this might be the start of a series of matches. And well, I've heard Cody's starting to film Go Big Show soon, so he mm. might be gone for a bit. This might be the write-off for him for a while. Uh, okay, maybe that's why they're doing it. Okay, that makes Sim- sense. Then. Similar to Brody. Yeah. Um. This, that makes sense then. Okay. Because I thought but, it's surely they'd want to have them fight it all out, but if Cody can't, then that makes mm-hmm. sense too. I or would just hope have... that if he beats Cody, that Cody doesn't come back and then beat him, like like Brody. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That'd be cool if he Malachi beats him, but then while they're filming Go Big Show, Malachi shows up, knocks out Cody, smokes a J with uh, Snoop Dogg, and <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. Um, and we also know on, on that card we also have Miro versus Mystery Person. Mm-hmm. This would well. be Miro's first match in front of the the fans too. Like I'm surprised they've been able to hold him off this long, but. They had him in front of fans for the pay per view, but not in front of the uh, not on tour. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant, like on tour. Yeah, yeah, it was different at Daly's place because you couldn't see the fans; they were mm-hmm. back there, and you could yeah. see people on the stage. But yeah, but yeah, next week and the week after, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, man, I'm excited, man. It's going to be good, and yeah, it just it looks like they're not stopping. They're they're not giving us a breath. Yeah, all gas, no brakes. Wednesdays are exciting, man. And here's the thing: I saw other people said this as well, and I think they're absolutely absolutely right. I don't think it's a secret that all that news came out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm sure. I mean, like the Daniel Bryan stuff and the the CM Punk stuff being revealed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a secret in the For slightest. Sure. Yeah, that'll help the ratings too because people are like, are they going to show up? Are they going to show up? I just hope it doesn't lead to unnecessary CM Punk chance. Can we all just be cool? We probably would have. The... We probably would have got them last night if we were going to. That's we ne- true. We never did get them in AEW. We never got CM Punk chance. That's why I mean I don't want him to carry over to here. We didn't get and... what chance either. Yeah, did wasn't there one week they were what and somebody? Because we talked yeah, about no, it no, here. not this week. I mean. Uh-huh. They, oh yeah, we didn't get it. They this did week. what Ethan Page one time, mm-hmm. and they did what somebody else. I can't remember. Oh, mm-hmm. it was that fucking Malachi Black when he was doing his mm-hmm. uh, like the story about the horse. This is the thing that bothers me. It's like 
this is and this is the thing with unruly crowds you can't really predict this it, when guys are talking quietly and doing their more somber or like laid back promos mm-hmm. you guys gotta shut the fuck up yeah and let that's, them talk that's gonna be one thing that is actually missed about the pandemic era is like some of the more intimate promo styles you they, they're not gonna really be able to do it no for sure because fans gotta get over mm-hmm. it's like okay yeah i understand sierra Romero, not right now mm-hmm. like trust me I, if penta had his choice he would want you to be quiet right now he wants the segment to work mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> please don't talk over top of andrade because mm-hmm. now i'm gonna ask you what did andrade just say and you're like, oh i couldn't hear why mm-hmm. uh, i was chanting yeah <laughs> yeah all right um yeah, on that note, I guess we will uh, let it go for... Yeah, before we keep ranting, we should get yeah, out of but... here. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to look online and they're going to have announced like two more people. Here's the other... We're at the... I'm also predicting at All Out we're going to see Ruby Soho. Oh, don't, don't... Oh, man, well, here's the thing. Amazing. At All Out, that's when they're doing the female um, Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. She can be the Joker. Yep. That'd be perfect. That's the, I think that's a shoe in, really. Mm-hmm. I think yes. uh, I think I think that's an, another thing that's interesting. Um, Kira Hogan just left uh, Impact. Oh, did she? Like I think today. Interesting. So she could be on her way too. She is in a relationship with Diamante. Mm. Okay. So. Okay. 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 All right, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. See you. Bye.